The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 240. I am Tyler Laurie, and I am joined as always by my co-host, who is on a beach in an undisclosed location, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? Good. You could say where it is. I'm in Tampa, home of the... 2020 Toronto Raptors, if you remember that. I do. Historic piece of trivia. Uh, I do remember that. And is it true that you are currently podcasting while babysitting? No, no, no. Not, but I, I do hear birds. I hear dead fish on the beach. There's something called a red tide, if you know what that is. It's, uh, it's fun. Fun times in central Florida. Um, it's weird that, not to derail it, but like Toronto just played like a whole season in Tampa, like no one cares, you know, like they didn't get nearly enough attention for that. Um, how challenging that must have been. Yeah. And we, it was the same thing for like most of the Toronto sports teams, right? I guess like the Blue Jays played in Buffalo, but it's just a weird situation all around. And now the Raptors are back in Toronto and nobody cares about them still. So is it really that weird? Yeah. No. And you know, it's funny because Toronto, we had such high hopes for it. And they're the kind of team that I really like where it's like everyone's pretty good or good and, and they all fit together really well. And maybe they'll make a run. Maybe they'll be a four seed or fifth seed and like it hasn't happened. And maybe that team is like the Knicks instead, which really no one anticipates that. Yeah, being so that good. We hadn't really talked about the Knicks. I don't, I don't know that we've talked about the Knicks all year. Um, and it's funny. We were texting back and forth to kind of like decide what we wanted the show to be about. And I was like, all right, well, we have to talk about the Knicks. They've done one nine in a row. And then they blow a big lead against uh, Charlotte on Tuesday night because we waited a day to record. So they didn't get to their 10-game win streak, which would have been the first 10-game win streak in 10 years, I think since 2013. But the Knicks are currently, as of us recording, uh, 39-28. and 28. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference. And seventh in net rating, and I think I'm pretty sure the Knicks have already gone over their Bovada sports book over under. And I am just totally blown away by the fact that the Knicks are actually good. Honestly, like we always wonder, like, are they good? Are they bad? Whatever. The Knicks are good, I think. I, I really think they're good. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the Charlotte thing was a little bit of a exhaustion, not only like physical, but emotional. They had that big win over boston in overtime and it's just like that was like a signature win and then you're, you're due for a letdown um but i think they i agree i mean brunson's so much better than we anticipated coming in as like a star i i think at least i anticipated his like efficiency to decline a little bit sort of like malcolm brogdon when he got a big contract in indy but he's actually been better um mr robinson's playing well julie Randle is like you know overrated if he's an all-star and a top player but if he's you know one of your stars he's good yeah so hold on let me i let me really ask like you, the supporting cast let me ask you about julius randall we we've been hard on julius randall he was an all-nba player two years ago he he had a tough year last year but we are talking about a guy now you're saying he's overrated as your best player but i'm i'm assuming that means you think jalen brunson is the next best player yeah i think yeah. so 
I don't. And he might be overrated as your second best player, but if you, if you have like four Julius Randle level players, you're probably pretty good. So Julius Randle's averaging twenty five, ten and a half, four assists on. Wow. Yeah, I don't I didn't think you knew that on 46 and a half, 35 and a half and then 76% from the foul line. I mean, so, I'm in Tampa. I don't even know where I am. Are you telling me he's averaging 25 and 10? I did not know that. Yeah, it's like he has had a very nice bounce back year. George Randall's a good player. He, he's been a good player for a long time, but you know, he was really good 2 years ago. He shot it super super well. And this year, you know, he's still chucking threes at an absolutely Antoine Walker-ish rate for a guy that shoots 35%. Yeah. But we've seen we've seen guys play this heliocentric role. And with Jalen Brunson, with R.J. Barrett, who's averaging 20 points a game, like the Knicks have a real chance to finish the year with three 20-point-per-game scores. Because Julius Randle's 25 points a game, Jalen Brunson's 24 points a game, and R.J. Barrett's averaging 19.7 points a game. So, like, I don't, I don't honestly know. We should know. We should be better podcasters. But... And obviously the offenses are different now, but like the Knicks are pretty good on offense, which is not what you'd expect. You, you know expect- what? I see it. the reason I, I was surprised by those numbers is because I did watch the, you know, I didn't watch the Charlotte game, but I was watching the Knicks Boston pretty hardcore. Cause that's a, that's a potential playoff matchup. And there is a difference though. Cause like a guy like Trey young will shoot 10 threes a game and, and he might only make 33%, but it looks pretty good still, you know, like, you're expecting those shots to go in. Yeah. Some of the Julius Randle, like step backs look ugly. RJ, every shot he takes looks ugly. <laughs> so like, I don't know how good their offense is on the high end. They're fifth in offensive rating right now. They're fifth. In I offensive know rating. it's hard to believe. I think it's Brunson. I told you, I love Quentin Grimes. He's one of my new favorite players. I think his shot looks great. Um, you want to know what he's shooting from three? Real quick. I, it's probably not that much, like 36%. 35.7% for Quentin Grimes. Julius Randle, 35.3 attempts. Grimes, 5.3 attempts a game. Different. Julius Randle, 8.3 attempts a game. Julius Randle might be the best shooter in the NBA, actually. Maybe we're, maybe we're <laughs> limiting Julius Randle. But also, I was thinking, too, about Tibbs. Tom Thibodeau, you know, coach of the year two years ago, and then became like a forgotten man, or maybe he's on the rocks, on the hot seat. Like, do you think he's like a Hall of Fame coach at this point? I mean, this is a, another team that, and he remember he led Minnesota into the playoffs too when they hadn't been in a while. It's a good question. I do not think he is. He hasn't won a title. It's it's really hard for him to be. I mean, I know he was an assistant on the Boston teams, and he was largely like credited with them uh, implementing their like strong side offensive or defensive system or scheme rather, but. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame head coach. How many are there? I mean, again, this is another thing we could have done research about, but like, I can't imagine there's very many coaches in the Hall of Fame that haven't won an NBA title, right? That's a good. That's a good question. Well, did like Lenny Wilkins win a title? He just won the most games. Yeah, that's I mean, a good question. Thibodeau's like chugging along, and Thibodeau's not as old as you think. You look at him like he's seventy, but I think he's in his fifties. Yeah, um, Lenny Wilkins mistaken. though. Lenny Wilkins did win uh, the 1979 NBA title, but also Lenny Wilkins was a as a as a coach as a coach, yeah, and he was a big time player, of course, nine time All Star. Uh, but yeah, oh, 1979 NBA title with who? Who was he coaching? That's a great question. I'm calling uh, fake news on this one. The Seattle SuperSonics. Maybe it doesn't exist because now they won not. a title. They won the NBA championship in 1979. Who is that? I don't even know this team. Oh, my God. Are you really going to go down this rabbit hole right now? <laughs> All right. I'll believe you. All right. Hold I on. See, here, I'm, not, here, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm having trouble. You, I don't have a computer. 
Gus he Williams. He making up every stat so far. Dennis Johnson, Jack Sigma, pretty good team. Bob Dandridge, he was on the bullets who they played. Jack Sigma won a title. Yes. No wonder Larry Bird and Magic had to save the NBA, because that does not sound like was a memorable 19... 30 for 32. That was in 1979, too. But anyway. I'm half convinced, because I, I don't have a computer. You're just making up all these stats. Julius Randle, 25 and 10. Jack Sigma, NBA champion. <laughs> Julius Randle's um, taken here. But, let, me give you, let me give you a quick Bovada over-under, all right? I don't know if they're offering this, but I'm going to ask you. If I told you right now, there, Julius Randle's fifth in the NBA in three-point attempts. Can you name the four guys ahead of him? Per game? Uh, I just, I mean, he's, he's, I'm assuming it's close to per game, obviously. Most of these guys have played every night. Well, no, because I'm thinking like staff. Yeah, yeah, not time. Not, not staff, not staff. Total, total three points. Staff, not. Total three-point attempts. So I'm seeing I have to factor in. I don't know. I have no idea. Because guys like Trey Young don't shoot as much as you think. So here's um, here's the list. Harden hasn't what? been shooting as much. Yeah, Lillard is first, five hundred. Lillard, yeah. Buddy Heald and Clay Thompson are tied for second, five seventy six. Jason Tatum, five seventy one, and then Julius Randle, five hundred and fifty three threes attempted this year. That seems like well, a lot of threes. The, can you look up the Bovada East odds? Because I don't think anyone, even Knicks fans, even Spike Lee, are betting them to make the finals. But I uh, I wonder if they're the kind of team that you could bet to win a first round upset or a few games. All right. So the Knicks are plus 2,500 on Bovada to win the East. That seems probably okay to me. I mean, I I don't, I can't imagine them winning, but who would they play in the first round? That's beatable. Uh, Right right now they would play Cleveland, which actually would be a pretty good series. I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think Cleveland is probably better than the Knicks. But again, yeah, I, I, I do think, think so like it's it's really funny because the Eastern Conference is really shaping up in the sense that if if we eliminate Brooklyn because they don't have Kevin Durant anymore. By the way, Kevin Durant, uh, after watching three games of the Suns, I feel even more confident about how good Kevin Durant is and that the Suns won the deal. But the the Eastern Conference has five very good teams. Like Milwaukee's really good; they're in first. Boston's in second now, two and a half games back. Obviously. Uh, Philly, I think, is pretty good. I, I probably don't think they're on that same tier. Um, Cleveland is, is pretty good, and the Knicks are pretty good. Like, all those five teams seem like very worthy first-round series winners. Uh, I don't know if I think the Knicks yeah. and the Cavs are, like, get-to-the-finals-type teams. I, I would imagine both would lose to Brooklyn. Or, I'm sorry, not Brooklyn. Well, and, and that's worthwhile. That, that's always, like, my definition of a worthwhile win-now kind of team. Because, like, the Knicks are probably as good as they're going to be with this core, to be honest, because they're, they're all, I mean, unless RJ takes a jump, but right now, like maybe he's just this guy, whatever he is, like an inefficient, like 20 and five guy. But um, I don't know if they will be a lot better next year. And, but at the same time, if you are a threat to win the first round, if you can win a first round series, I think you have a team that's worth keeping together. And the I, problem is when you have those te- those playoff teams like Orlando a few years ago, when you know they they just would make the playoffs as a seven or eight team, or Charlotte did it a couple times. Like it's just like, and you just get bounced in five games. It's like th- then you're not really doing anything. Well, so or if you're top, a rising team. So the tough thing for the Knicks, right, is that Josh Hart, very sneaky good move by the Knicks, right? Yeah. And so his yeah. thing is unguaranteed for next year. I would imagine they're going to sign that, but. 
you know, their team is mostly put together, right? They will not obviously extend Derrick Rose, who's now out of the rotation, but Brunson, Randall, Barrett, Fournier, sadly, Mitchell Robinson, Josh Hart, Obi Toppin, Isaiah Hardenstein, quickly, Quentin Bryans, all those guys are under contract. So if you're the Knicks and you look at this specific team, if Tom Thibodeau doesn't kill them, I would say, and, you know, like they had multiple guys play 50 minutes on, uh, what was it, Monday yeah, night? Quickly they played, played, played 55 or 55. something. Yeah, I, I think this is a team, I, I don't know, though, like, what they do, I guess, right? Because you're, you're exactly right. Like, well, they had have a some move. cap space. But, but they had a move to make, and they they couldn't figure out a move with Donovan Mitchell. And I, I think it was Farley because they were trying to figure out, I think Grimes was, like, legitimately a sticking point. Apparently, like, the Jazz didn't want to deal with the Knicks or something, too. But you, you look back, like, a player like that doesn't come a, available too often. Is you it know, possible but what that if you this put like better without Donovan Mitchell though? Like that this like the Jalen maybe, Brunch but, and but what if you think do you if you're if you're the Knicks, do you just like hope this team like settles in and takes another level and and Barrett becomes maybe an All Star level player, or do you try to cash in and like say you put James Harden on this team instead of Barrett? Do you think they're an actual Finals contender? That doesn't seem like it's happening, though. I, I don't know, honestly. I, mm. I truly don't know because I think the problem is Julius Randle's playing like that specific role right now in the sense that he has like, yeah. And and they did trade. They they have a protected first round pick this year. Where if they don't make the playoffs, they keep it. If they do, it goes to Portland, and then they they have Dallas's pick, I believe, this year. So they only have one pick in the first round. And so, but they do own a bunch of assets, like moving forward, obviously. And and so, I, I think there is moves to be made. But I just think that unless we're talking, you're talking about up, upgrading RJ Barrett, which I understand. But is yeah, it maybe it's not him? Because I'll tell you, Nick fan, Nick fans are higher. I think even on not higher than Barrett, but like quickly, everyone's really high on. Is maybe it, he's it, ready to take another leap. But isn't the way you want to improve this team is to to get better than Julius Randle? And that's and that's me. Like I'm saying, Julius Randle is twenty five, ten, and four. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. That's. But like we know that there are guys that he's been so efficient this year too. It's pretty amazing, actually. He's had he's had a really good season. Um, I, I, I'm excited for them, but I yeah I don't know if I'm scared of them from an opponent. Um. They do have like playoff the they have some, almost. They have some playoff tested guys though. Like obviously Jalen Brunson played a big role. Josh Hart has played some playoff games. Like they they they're they're probably dangerous, but I do, I just like I I'll this is a super small sample size take right here, but like if you looked at the end of regulation against the Celtics the other night, you know, like I don't really think we want to be throwing the ball to Julius Randle for him to put his head down and like try to spin and take like a step yeah. back fadeaway at the buzzer, you know, like that's where you know, if you have Embiid, you have Harden, you have Steph, like you have Luca, KD, Devin Booker, all those guys, like Donovan Mitchell for for that matter. Like you have somebody that can manufacture you shots in the half court. But I do, I don't really want to cop out and say that I want to see the Knicks in the playoffs to like make a determination about it. But like I kind of do want to see the Knicks in the playoffs to see what happens because they already well, play very I, slow. I'm not in like, front of my 
I'm not in front of my computer right now, but what is Brooklyn's seed right now? How far are they falling? Brooklyn's the sixth seed. At this exact moment, they are two and a half games ahead of Miami. I would be stunned if Brooklyn finishes out of the playing game, although they've they've had some good moments. Uh, Mikael Bridges has looked pretty good as a primary scorer. So I, I think the Knicks, unfortunately, I don't know if they'll catch the Cavs. I think it's pretty unlikely they catch the Sixers. So it, it seems pretty likely that the Knicks are going to beat a five seed. Yeah, that's a tough spot. If it's them versus Cleveland, I think that's a puncher's chance. But I just think if you're Milwaukee and Boston, who we think are the two best teams in the conference, like maybe you're not afraid of anybody. But I, I think, you know, I don't see the Knicks as a threat to win more than two games. Yeah, I have that series. But hey, I mean, like that's a high bar. So maybe it's not fair. I had that conversation with somebody the other day um, where I was talking specifically about the Sixers and I said that I didn't think the Sixers were good enough to beat a fully healthy Boston or fully healthy Milwaukee. And the guy responded and said, is anyone good enough to beat a fully healthy Milwaukee? Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I have thought Boston was the best team in the NBA up until this point in the season. And, but Milwaukee is just so good and they've been so good largely with, I don't know. Would you say that you've seen Chris Middleton play even half as good as we know he can be? Like he's no, been like a shell no. of himself. And you know, it's a spoiler alert. I was writing a Reddit post that you're going to see. You read a preview about the best, like sort of second banana sidekicks of title winning teams. And Chris Middleton was probably their second best player that year. He was putting up like 22, six and six or something like and shooting yeah. well. And now, I mean, he was I'm going to give you the really, like an all star. Yeah, I'm going to give you the anti Julius Randle here, Zan. Chris Middleton, he's mm. played 22 games this year. He's playing 22 minutes a game, 13.7 points a game, 42% from the two, 29% from three, like 91% from foul line, but he's not getting to the foul line at all. So I just, I, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know if Middleton has another gear in him. So maybe this is the fully healthy Bucks, but they've just laid waste. Yeah, you might to be right. They've just laid waste to the and, Eastern and Conference. And Jay Crowder's like slow, like rounding into shape. But I'll tell you that the other notable thing of that Knicks game I was watching, Knicks won, slipped out in overtime against Boston. And notably, I think it was Marcus Smart playing the Ben minutes. The Celtics, and I, I say the same thing I think I said last week, like, I think there's less scary with Marcus Smart. Like, he did. Yeah, but he did. He did, gets, hit the, he did hit the biggest shot in the regulation, though. So it's hard to, like, See, this is this is yeah, where, but kids, he had two wide open shots in a row, and he hit one of them. Fifty percent, you know, like fifty percent from three in the true. NBA levels, and you'd make fifteen million dollars a year. That's right? true. But if you're getting if you're guard getting wide open shots, it tells me that the defense is not playing you the same way they would play somebody else. Yeah, I think that's and, an interesting. It's a really interesting decision Joe Mazzulla is going to have to make, and I think a lot of times, Zane, he's going to go with like how he feels in that exact moment of the of that night, rather than just. You know, I tend to operate under the impression that, like, you should have your closing lineup, and unless something goes drastically wrong, you should probably be sticking with your best guys. But I, I the Celtics don't seem to be doing that, you know. And I think can it's you do me a really favor and look up the Bob Fada if, if they have? Do they have Coach of the Year still or no? Yeah, let me look. I actually I have it open because um, you're talking about Missoula. We're talking about Thibodeau. I'm just wondering if Mike Brown's become the heavy favorite now. Uh, I, I'm guessing you probably cannot bet. Um, I'm assuming you probably can not bet. Yeah, uh, award futures now. Most most people don't. Most sites don't take that. You can still bet like division winners and stuff. Uh, I thought just no, a, as can't. a side note, Daryl Morey was complaining about the MVP narrative, kind of 
standing for Joel Embiid over Jokic. It's just like, come on, Maury, just do your job. Stay out of the, stay out of the awards campaigning. All right, Mike Brown, um, Mike Brown minus two hundred. So yes, he is the overwhelming favorite. Joe Mazzulla plus two. Do you know anyone? Do I know anyone? Do, do I know, know anyone, anyone who bet the bet Mike Brown for for Coach of the Year in preseason? That would be a hard bet to make. You, I think you made that bet. I touted it. I didn't actually make it, but it's twenty-five to one. That's not a bad call. It's you like know what's interesting? Uh, on Bovada right now, and I do. I want to talk about the Lakers very quickly before we sign off. We're going to do okay. a shorter show because you want to get your tan on at the beach. But so this is so the awards currently. So Mike Brown minus two hundred for Coach of the Year, Jaron Jackson minus two twenty-five Defensive Player of the Year, Laurie Markkinen minus three hundred Most Improved Player, Paolo minus four thousand Rookie of the Year. But then also. Quickly, minus 146 man of the year, Jokic minus 450 for regular season MVP. So, Bovada specifically thinks that every award has a much better 50 50 chance of already being decided, which is really interesting. Yeah. Well, and I thought what's interesting too is MVP people debate ad nauseum. The other awards feel like they get locked in very quickly after a few months. Like, okay, Apollo's and rookie of the year, Jaron Jackson, let's give him defensive player of the year. Like, and no, no one ever debates that again. And so quickly, it's interesting that he's kind of coming on a little bit, maybe too little too late, but it feels like they, they don't really talk about it. You know, like that's not an award that they're going to debate on first take. You know? I actually will say this, by the way, in terms of the MVP voting, Jokic minus 450, Embiid plus 500, Giannis plus 700. I do not think Giannis is out of the MVP vote right now. I understand, like, well, and we're not. What we're not going to do <laughs> is we're not going to make wild speculations about race and MVP. We're not. We're not going to do that. But oh, I, you think it's going to be a backlash? The Kendrick Perkins factor. I don't know. I don't know. But Kendrick Perkins screaming at JJ Reddick. And you know what was really funny about that? I said we weren't going to talk about this, but did you see the clip where JJ Reddick spends the first like ninety seconds apologizing to Stephen A. Smith and talking about how great first take is before he yeah. tells Kendrick Perkins he's an idiot? <laughs> so it's almost like. JJ either knew that he was going to be done on first take, or he was trying to save himself from being done on first take when he when he gave well, I that. Well, you know, JJ gets so much credit for being a great analyst or whatever talking him, but it's like I feel like he's like punching down a lot of the time. Where he, it's always, like he is always taking on down. like the dumbest takes, like, like you, so obvious. He, he is he is always punching down. Like Kendrick Perkins, whatever. I don't I don't want to talk. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but, but anyways, you have a good point because you know, there could be a backlash about like, you know, Giannis is really the best player, and but and practically speaking, I think either Jokic has to get hurt or slip out of the first seed, and I just don't see that happening at this point. Yeah, that's probably true. Here, I'm going to give you a couple more really good bets here, Bombavada, because they have some some really fantastic futures. All right, they have a so uh, Kevin Durant goes back to Golden State. March 13th. I believe this will be the first time he's played in Golden State. Is that correct? Since he, yeah, first time. Uh, all right. So okay. you can obviously, you can bet like his, you know, total rebounds, total points, blah, 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 blah. But here's what else you can bet. Will Kevin Durant cry during the TV broadcast of the March 13th game? Yes, plus 400, no, no, no minus 700. No. Will the fans boo Kevin Durant when he's introduced at the beginning of the game? Plus 155, minus 220. Hmm. That's interesting. But how do will, you judge? Because it could be 50-50. Will the Golden State Warriors air a video tribute to Kevin Durant during the March 13th game? This is the one I like a lot. Yes, minus 160. No, plus 120. 
feels like we could get some inside information on that. Well, I would guess yes. What do you think? I think I think yes too. Also, you can yeah, ask. Yeah, I mean, he won two titles, two Finals MVPs. I mean, that's a legacy. Even if you know, there I saw a Reddit debate too about are they going to retire LeBron's number in LA? And they are. Gonna, I don't know. Would they retire well, Durant's number honest. and Golden State? They're going to retire LeBron's number. LA will retire LeBron's number. Just because he's a star too. It's Le- I mean, it's LeBron. Uh, a couple other. Would they retire Kawhi's number in Toronto? No, but he's not LeBron. That's true. But there's the legitimate. one title. So, so obviously LeBron has worn multiple numbers, but there's a legitimate case, I think, for LeBron to have his number retired by every team. They won't do it because of the way the NBA is. Like it's, it, it doesn't work that way, right? And he hasn't really like broken any barriers, if you will. So, but I, but I will say, um, given kind of what LeBron has meant and and how he's the current iteration of the NBA is because of a lot of guys, but I, I do think LeBron in terms of like creating generational wealth beyond your contract and, you know, kind of like betting on yourself and, you know, whether player that's good player empowerment. Like I saw, I saw a funny stat. Who's older. This is kind of a giveaway question. LeBron or Andrew Bynum. I'm sure uh, LeBron is older. Yeah. LeBron is like three years older. Bynum's 35. Yeah. Um, it's, there was like a, a post about like the mo- the players that you think would be older or not, like Andre Drummond's twenty nine, Montrez Harrell's like twenty eight or twenty nine. Yeah, this is my, this is it my feels favorite. like everyone's cooked, and yeah. LeBron's thirty eight. You know, so all NBA kind of guy. You can bet where Bronny James will go to college, or where will he play after high school, so they can include G League. But then you can also bet on where Bryce James will play after high school. And uh, mm, wow, Duquesne plus two ninety for Bryce James. I, I think that's because they were the first school to offer him. But I, I would, I wouldn't bet on it. What, what is the Bronny? Uh, Oregon plus one twenty five, Ohio State plus three hundred, USC plus three hundred, UCLA plus five hundred. Those are the only ones over uh, under plus a thousand. And then UNC Duke Kansas plus fifteen hundred, G League or overseas plus two thousand. I'm assuming that means they don't think he'll play. I, you know, I kind of like the USC angle because he'll still be in LA. LeBron will still be in LA. Yeah, you know, we've talked regroup. a lot about like LeBron leaving and going to play with Bronny. I actually kind of think it seems difficult to see the future now and LeBron not being in LA. I, I don't know why. I yeah, think that, I agree. But he, he sort of has like integrated himself so well. And we should mention Anthony Davis. Uh, I fell asleep before I got a chance to text you, so I'm really happy that I didn't. But he gets hit in the face in their game on a Tuesday night against the Grizzlies who were kind of in a free fall, both emotionally and on the court. And, uh, I was like, Oh, oh there, there go- yeah, we forgot about that. I was like, there goes Anthony Davis. Like he's out for good. And then he comes back in plays great with a bloody nose. The Lakers are in the nine spot. Zan. they're there. We thought they were cooked. They're 32 and 34, a game and a half back of the Clippers, but they are now half game clear of Portland, Oklahoma city and new Orleans. And all we yeah, said was they about, needed like, to... Worst they, week. Worst they, weeks are not even LeBron's injury. You talk about Memphis with the whole jaw situation, which I think is totally overblown. We do need I to think there's more outrage. Well, let's talk about... I just want to say this. It seems like there's more outrage about jobs pictured with a gun than there are about like a school shooting. It's just like, well, let's, let's relax. Or maybe they're tied together, people might say, but I don't know. I, I, and then the thing that bugs me is more like people like psychoanalyzing and saying like, you know, he needs parental figures around. He needs better. It's like, I don't know. He's a 20 year old kid, 23 year old millionaire. He's his own man at this point. He doesn't need a babysitter. It's like, yeah, he kind of is who he is. Like this is John. Is, 
I think the weird part is that like this is not who he was portrayed to be, right? And okay, so let me let me talk about a couple different things with John Moran. Um, one, if it's his gun, he was on the road in Denver. You cannot bring your licensed firearm on an NBA plane. That is a fifty-game suspension if okay. you do it. Thanks to Gilbert Arenas. So. I have no idea if he brought his gun on the plane. I mean, I don't know if it was his. It could have been well, somebody else's gun. Well, how did he get their FedEx? Right. My, my <laughs> point mean, is, like, it could be somebody else's gun. You think gun. Brandon never... Miller? Yeah. <laughs> they called him. Jeez. But no, that's my point. So the, there, there are a couple things in play. Like, there's a lot of kind of, I would say, unsettling things to hear about John Morant. Like, him and his boy, like, beating down a 17-year-old at a pickup game in his house. That's kind of weird. His family, like, intimidating, like, a you know, a cop at the mall. That's kind of weird. You know, I, I, that stuff's all odd. Training a laser on somebody is is definitely yeah. odd, I would say. And so I think the culmination of all that, and then Ja having his gun in a strip club and putting it on Instagram Live, like, I, I think it's a a habit of bad decisions, right? That that seem yeah. taken, taken one at a time probably kind of whatever guys have guns on him like he, he i'm sure he owns the gun if he legally owns the gun it's fine if he has a concealed carry it's fine like it's stupid I, I don't think we should be like you know me the liberal in me is like we shouldn't really be like you know uh glorifying that type of culture in terms of just having guns out and it's cool that you have one but uh i think the bigger issue is that like he has done a lot of like dumb things lately and then to kind of blatantly do that when you know it'll jeopardize your team's season. Like that to me is tough because if he gets suspended now, and he, you know he's been away from the team, and I think Memphis is trying to handle it internally. But if the CBA, if if Adam Silver weighs in and he gets suspended for fifty games, the Grizzlies are cooked. Like, and now yeah, you- that, that's what it's tough when the league becomes the principal in high school because it's like, you know, this is my take on the cancel culture in general, and like Kyrie Irving and everyone else. Or Dilbert, the good Dilbert guy. You, like, can bet, you By the way, you can bet on Bovada if Ja will play in another game. Currently, yes, is an overwhelming in, For this season? Yeah, for this year. Or in general? For this okay. year. Because I'm like, my, my thing is like the gun issue. Like If you commit a crime, then you pay for the crime. If it's not a crime, then let's not get like clutch our pearls and be like, it's a bad look. We have to suspend them. Because then it gets in the nebulous area of like, why is it a 50 game suspension? Where did they pull that one from? That, that's just because of Gilbert Arenas, and that was a bad like PR look for the NBA back then. Yeah, but that's um, but okay. So I totally understand what you're saying in terms of like cancel culture, but that is that is literally like in the league rules. Like whether or not you agree with the rule or not doesn't mean that the rule isn't in place and that you have to follow it. There are a ton of like don't wear your seatbelt if you don't want to, but if you get pulled over and ticketed for not wearing your seatbelt, like you're the one that's dumb, right? That's true. I guess I just feel like it is like it. It feels a little overblown. If you and then I, I really just like. I just so, like this whole. I don't know. It just it makes it takes so much attention away from basketball, and I was so excited for the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely. And then there's weird. all these debates about like, is John not hard because he has two parents? And it's like yeah, it's definitely this the, is just the, like the, weird, will, uncomfortable. All right, here <laughs> I will agree. I will agree with you. The side conversations about John Morant and like his psyche are very unnecessary right like yeah. job broke in my opinion i he should be criminally investigated for whatever the hell happened at his house right if he beat up a kid you can't do that like that should be criminally investigated but the cba and and the the commissioner's office have every right to investigate him for breaking an nba rule 
those things should be mutually exclusive of like, oh, is John Morant crazy? Who's he trying to be? Like, is he trying to prove something? Like, right. I don't care about that. I did think it was really interesting. Gilbert Arenas actually posted a video on his own podcast about kind of how the public image of Ja is going to change now and how hard he's going to have to work to get that back and what it's going to cost him in terms of, you know, like when you're a tier one star in the NBA, those are his words, tier one star. They basically do whatever they can to protect you and promote you and make you money. And like, you're, you're like the golden boy. And now he's kind of ruined that and broken that trust. And he was saying like, it's, but it's, it doesn't it's, it's need to become like a hero in like an anti-hero to somebody else. Like, I don't like know. an Iverson kind of way I, where I, it's like, you know, he's like, but yeah, I know you, you were down on him in the, in the college. It, it's bad, but who had a worse week? Memphis bad. Hopefully they figure it out. I don't know how to get through <laughs> to them. Um, but what about the, the other thing that was almost more alarming to me as a basketball stance is the news. You see that Zion, there's like, there's still no time table I, I, for his recovery. I mean, what, what are we doing with this guy here? I don't know. You had to pay him, but because they oh were man. the third seed at one point, like halfway through the season, and then it just completely derailed. Yeah, it's it's super crazy because we'll be quick here. We'll we'll make this our last thought, but it's super crazy because the guy is so good. Like clearly on the Pelicans, if Zion is healthy, the Pelicans are really good. But yeah. he's he's not healthy. He, we don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. He's got a terrible body. That's just who he is. Like he's if if, if he can ever get himself into like legitimate playing shape to be able to play 82 games in the playoffs. Like I'd love to bet on the Pelicans to win the NBA title. That's how good I think Zion Williamson is. I don't know if we'll ever see that. It's, it's like, but is it, is it like an Embiid thing where it's like, you figure out how to work with his body. He had an injury prone first few years and now he's playing, you know, 70 games I don't know. Year. Truly. I don't know because like Zion, it keeps being like, you know, like Embiid had like a broken foot, right? Like he had like the foot problem. But, like, Zion's, like, soft tissue injuries. It's, like, the hamstring. Like, I mean, he broke a bone in his foot, too, right? That, that took a while to heal. And, they and how much that. is that, like, well, it's an interesting debate to look forward to because just unusual body types, you know, and <laughs> Bryce Young in the NFL, we were debating that, you know, he's 5'10". Or Wemby's coming in, you know, how tall and slank he is and Chet. That's obviously the rap against Chet. And versus, like, Scoot Henderson, you look at him and you think, okay, this guy could play 200 games a year. He looks like an athlete. Um, yeah. Victor's but, Victor's frame is worrisome for sure. I think. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, you, I, you know, when I look at players, like I look at prospects, I always talk to you about like their hips and legs, especially bigs. Yeah, it, it worries me when guys have narrow hips when they don't look like they move fluidly, and then when they have narrow shoulders because that just means like you're you're unlikely. You know, like you get Giannis in the league, and he he looks like you know kind of stretch Armstrong to begin with, and all of a sudden he starts filling out his frame, right? But then you look at a guy, I'm trying to think of the dude that was on um, Arizona last year. I can't remember his name. Uh, Coloco, Christian Coloco. Like, yeah. Or Mo Bamba, for example, was another good one where I was really worried that like, and, and Bull Bull was another guy. Like they have really narrow hips. So it's like, all right, one, are they going to be able to put on weight? But two, at a super, super high level, are they going to be able to be fluid enough to continually move? And this is all bigs, obviously. But Zion, like, you you said Bryce Young. Bryce Young is just short. Zion is literally yeah. a body type that there's like maybe Charles Barkley counts as the same body type. Like yeah, Charles I think Barkley you would. Said he played about three hundred at about three hundred pounds. He said early in his career at six five. Other than that, has there been? There's never been another guy like Zion. Like so weird body type. Ish Wainwright. He's, he's <laughs> Dude, Ish Wainwright. Ish, who is this Wish Wainwright? He was playing playing well the other night. 
Yeah, he's you, been, he looks he, like he's two fifty. He's a heavy dude. Yeah, he's been that kind of big, like bodied prospect for a long time. Um, I don't know about Zion though. That's a that's a tough one. What I do know though is if Kevin Durant stays healthy, man, the Suns. Are I see be that's tough. a they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, I, I I'm still skeptical because I was watching the Suns and I I still think they're missing a guy. Well, they can't really not get a great guy. guy. No, it, I know. You know they've but, closed with like, like multiple different. Wrong. Yeah, they've closed with like that's multiple what I'm saying. Players. Like, like the fans were high on a Kogi, but I still don't trust his offense. And then <laughs> Terrence Ross is just kind of like, <laughs> okay, hold on, the hold idea on. of him better than him. So Ish Wainwright was they were closing with him, and he looked good. But then I then I studied more on Ish Wainwright. There's nothing really to give me confidence that he's no. that guy. So obviously, like you're much further down on Josh Kogi because against Dallas. <laughs> he played 22 minutes and like they were daring him to shoot and he went over eight for three. It was like, I think he was like three for 13 or three for 14. And then, you know, Wainwright made some shots off the bench, which is a big deal. But yeah, they basically have to figure out like, all right, is it a Kogi? Is it Ish Wainwright? Is it Ross? Is it Tory Craig? Is it Damian Lee? Is yeah. it TJ Warren? They don't know. Like TJ Warren played three minutes the other day. Tory Craig's playing about 12. Like they're, they're kind of like giving a Kogi, Wainwright, Ross, Tory Craig, all like 10-ish minutes a game to try to get to 48 in that spot. Yeah, and think. that doesn't seem like a big deal. It's like this, this starter, who cares? But like when you start playing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and like they don't really have a guy to match up with those guys. I just defensively. The, but, but okay, fine. Nobody has a guy to match up with Kevin Durant. But, you know, even if they had, you know, Jay Crowder still on the roster, at least he's a, a body to throw at them. <laughs> Maybe it's oh, Ish. Man. Maybe Ish. We gotta we gotta start banking on Ish. Like, he's, he's if played, you haven't seen him play, he's like he looks like super long arm, two hundred and sixty pound thick guy, and he I was making open threes. I, I, what do you think he's uh, listed at? He played at Baylor. What do you think he's listed at? I did look him up because I was doing a deep dive. He he's listed like two fifty, two sixty or something. Yeah, yeah, six six two fifty. I think he probably played it like he looks like a defensive starter. end. He's a big dude. He's a big dude, and maybe that's the guy they need. Maybe they just need a big. Like strong body, yeah, like I don't a know PJ like, Tucker kind of guy. But I don't know that Ish Wainwright. Look, so he's been in and around the league for a while. I can't believe we're doing a deep dive on Ish Wainwright. But he's played <laughs> over half his NBA games this year. Like he's played ninety two in total. He's played forty seven games this year. And because he was, like, you know, in the G League and he's played overseas, he's twenty eight years old, right? I don't. I'm guessing you didn't know yeah. that. But no, yeah, because I, I was hopeful for him, and, I, and then I looked him up. I'm like, yeah, he just seems like a G League kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and I, Maybe he had, he had a good moment, but you know, maybe they're good enough. Devin Booker's, you know, super good. If that's breaking news, uh, I think underrated almost. Uh, Durant looks good, obviously. Uh, we'll yeah, see, I, but I think the tough part. Real some quick, of your takes for next week, though. Yeah, I think the tough part for for Phoenix is they just cannot sustain an injury to Booker or Durant, or probably even. Well, Chris th- Paul. that's what I mean. That's the other thing too. Like that made me worried for their long term future. It's like next year, let's say. Can you count on Chris Paul playing half the year? Can you count on Durant playing sixty games? It just it seems like a massive risk all around. I, I mean, know, but they can also there. they can also get better in free agency. And I'll, I'll tell you what, they'll probably yeah. be a pretty appealing free agent destination for like a title chaser. I would imagine, right? I mean, Durant. Yeah, I mean, there are some moves to make. Maybe maybe you trade like Aiden, like a two for one. I was looking at like, could they trade for OG and Anobi and? And like Pernal or something, let's get another big guy in there I don't and go. Think, I don't think I would actually. trade I, if I was Toronto. Like I don't think I would trade OG for Aiton straight up. So throwing in another very good player kind of 
Well, I'm just saying because maybe OG's gone. You know, I think he's expiring next year. Also, by the way, Kevin Durant uh, misses a bunch of days, right? Uh, comes back, he's played three games, shooting, you know, a light 69% from the field, 54% from three, 88% from the, the foul amount of line. Time. Because like he doesn't get space on his own, even though he's like a DeAndre Hopkins kind of player, where it's like he just has to create space. That's a good. That's a good. Because they were throwing like two guys at him consistently, it just, and he just like jumps and shoots over him. It over doesn't and over matter. Again. Honestly, if yeah. we could, here's what we need to do. We got to figure it out. We don't. I know, we know some people that know some people that are real smart, like technological people. Could we transfer Julius Randle's mindset into Kevin Durant? Because that guy would be the, that guy would be the greatest player of all time if he just played like Julius Randle. Seriously, well, actually, I, I think he would almost. He, I like the idea of Durant playing like he did in Golden State, where it's like let other people run the offense, and I'm here to bail you out if if things get tricky. Like I'll get my shot. I mean, and the game just, against you know because the game against Dallas was awesome. There's been so many really good like the the, the pressure and like the stakes are up. We talked about it last week with Boston and Philly, but like. Yeah. Dallas and Phoenix was great. Memphis and the Lakers uh, Tuesday night was really good, honestly. Yeah, but I, and I was watching the Sunday night showcase. I was, you know, because I was on a plane, and every literally in every game that I watched, they, the announcers were like this feels like a playoff atmosphere here. Like the intensity's revving up. No wonder John Morant's gone crazy. <laughs> All right, we'll let you get back to the beach. You gave us more time okay. than we than we asked for. Um, so he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. I am. Uh, Tyler Lurie, as always, I never say that. I'm a little off because I can't <laughs> see your beautiful face on the screen. But you can email the show yeah. to xandrickellison at gmail.com. And uh, we will be back next week, as always, and Thanks. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Lurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 